0: The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. For your servants Now therefore, make covenant with us. Verse 12. This bread of ours we took hot for our provision from our houses on the day we departed to come to you but now look it's dry and moldy and the wineskins were filled with with new and see they're torn and these garments and our sandals have become old because of the very long journey then the men said to, then the men of Israel took some of their provisions but did not ask counsel of the Lord Everybody read verse 14. So the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. Another version says they did not inquire of the Lord. Verse 15. So Joshua made peace with them. He made a covenant with them. And let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them, and it happened at the end of three days after they made covenant with them, that they heard that they were the neighbors who dwelt near them. Let's pray. Father, help. Lord, as we look at the next message in this series, both series, we pray and ask for living understanding and revelation. In Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord, for it. Amen. You may be seated. One of the strategies of the enemy in your life, in my life, for the church, as well as for all military, in war, if you you cut off communication lines, you have basically wrecked the other party and probably wrecked yourself also. One of the strategies in war is to isolate the enemy, to cut off supply lines, cut off communication lines. And here it is in Joshua chapter 9 where Joshua gets cut off. I want to tell you tonight and encourage you, don't get cut off. All of us are vulnerable to being deceived, every one of us. And there are people that have intention, especially the enemy, and I think we forget about him. He's especially deceptive and intended on destroying you and getting you cut off. And all of us are vulnerable to that. In this text, Joshua, sadly, in verse 14, has cut off communications between him and God. And if we look at it, let's go ahead and look at the text. Now the Israelites have crossed over, and I could go through the different points of the series of possessing possessing the land. They've crossed over. He's now in charge. Moses is, is past, and Joshua is the fearless leader, being strong and courageous. So many promises of God. I mean, every place you put your feet, I'll give you the land. And they cross over miraculously, and they build a memorial, and they... They, uh, they recommit themselves with the covenant sign. And they get a strategy from God, from Jesus, I believe, and incarnate himself there, pre-incarnate Jesus, I should say, gives them instruction on how to take down Jericho, and they do that. And Achan is mistaken, and he rips off some of the stuff that solely belonged to God, and a curse comes on God's people as a result. They figure they just go take Ai, a small little city, and they get whooped, And Joshua is beside himself because he can't believe they've lost a battle. But sin was in the camp, and God says, you know, hey, sin's in the camp. I'm not with you unless you get it straightened out. And so they got things straightened out. Then they went ahead and put up a can of whooping on AI, and they won. And we find uh, this renewing of covenant was the last thing I preached, in fact, last Sunday, and how they stand before these two mountains, both of which are about 3,000 feet in elevation, fulfilling Moses' prophetic word, saying that when you come into the promised land, have the tribes half on one side, half on the other, declaring the blessings and the curses, the curses coming from Mount Gerizim, the blessings coming from Mount Gerizim, and the curses coming from Mount Ebal, and pronounce those over the people, and it's this A time of renewing covenant. They say, okay, this is why we're here. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to live holy. God's going to give us the land. We're his special people. We're different than the other nations. It was a, a refreshing of covenant, what it was all about. And so now we find here in the ninth chapter, these Gibeonites come and deceive Israel. Israel's is deceived by the Gibeonites into making a treaty or making a covenant with them. The Gibeonites lived in the same land. So judgment is on the Gibeonites. And God is going to use Israel to execute judgment on them because their sin has reached its fullness. And so they come and they, in an effort, a bold, brazen, deceptive effort, to save their lives. And it works. Because Israel, Joshua, gets ends up being deceived. The key verse in our understanding tonight is verse 14. And I like the NIV, which says they did not inquire of the Lord. It's, it's a very sad verse of Scripture. Because much pain is brought about by that covenant. We'll talk about that for a moment. There's no the Lord said to Joshua in this chapter. And if you look at Joshua 1, Joshua 3, Joshua 5, Joshua 6, chapter 7, Joshua 8, it says God spoke to Joshua, God spoke to Joshua, God spoke to Joshua. You get to Joshua 9, and I'm sure God wanted to say something to him, but Joshua never asked. And I am convinced that There are situations in our life that we flat out would not be in, but we didn't talk to the Lord about it, and we've ended up actually being deceived and are experiencing pain in our lives because we didn't inquire, because we didn't pray. And so it's really tragic. The result was that Joshua ended up giving away property that belonged to Israel as a result. He also allowed for people to be bound to Israel that would ensnare them in the future. And I thought about this, and I think, man, what? That is so foolish. And I thought, ooh, I've done that like more times than I can count. What is it that keeps us from inquiring of the Lord? What is it that keeps us from staying connected to the one who can lead us through the the minefield of problems and struggles and difficulties What is it that keeps us from inquiring of the Lord when the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? I mean, it is absolutely amazing. And I think the first thing is their perception was was skewed. They perceived things a certain way and it flat out wasn't true. They saw the old bread. They saw the clothes. They saw the provision. They heard the story. And they perceived with the natural eye and made a decision that is wrong. Let me tell you, I have pierced myself through and caused problems by making decisions based on what I can see in the natural. And if you just make decisions on based on what you can see with the natural, you could end up like Lot. Do you remember Lot? No, Lot, uh, Lot was with Uncle Abraham. Could have all been good with Lot, but when they, when they got so prosperous, that their flocks could not dwell together in the same land. The land could not contain both giant herds of both these super wealthy men. God prospered them. So they needed to change some things. Lot looks with his natural eye to a a well-watered Sodom and Gomorrah. And he thinks to himself man that ought to be some good land let's roll on down there and feed the sheep and the goats and everything down there and let's just be blessed in the land that was green and you know what ended up happening how many of you know the story lot lost it all natural perception he ended up actually living in the city he got rescued by uh uncle abraham one time should have been a wake-up call for him but he didn't wake up he didn't smell the hummus amen and he went and he actually ended up living inside Sodom and Gomorrah and Sodom and Gomorrah got, got roasted and he lost his, he lost everything. He lost all his stuff. He lost his wife who turned back because she was thinking about a brooch or something, became a pillar of salt. And, and it was just amazing the, the, the two daughters lost their, their uh, fiancees who were idiots and and then they because they went to sodom and gomorrah high decided they should help god out and they end up sleeping with their father and they created um they created really the moabites and uh and horrible horrible all because lot looked with his natural eye well that's exactly what joshua did that's exactly what jo- let's not stop there for a second i have another illustration that's coming to mind Gad and, the, uh, the, and Manasseh, Gad, the, the half-tribe of Manasseh, Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh decide when they're crossing over to stay on the wilderness side of the Jordan because the land was well watered there. And they said, hey, come on, let us, we don't want to go, we'll help you fight. I mean, you know, the good effort, but we want to stay on this side. And so they stay on that side because it appeared to them to be good and they stayed there. Do you know what that place is now? It's desert. The natural eye. Our perceptions. <laughs> Let me ask you this. How many of you ever been falsely judged? Don't you hate that? Man looks at the outward appearances as it says, because Samuel, but God looks at the, God looks at the heart. Many have made wrong decisions because they went with their natural perception. If you turn to Mark 6, and that's uh, in another place also, and I'll just paraphrase it, but you know, your perception can cut you off. Your perception can cause you to be cut off from and and deceived. Listen, don't don't make decisions based on your natural eye. You've got to hear God's voice. You've got to inquire of God. What is the Lord saying? Now, I won't tell you one of the challenging things is when it all looks pretty and nice and beautiful and the Lord's telling you something else. Because, but Lord, how could that be? But you know he's spoken to you. You know you don't have peace about it, and you're like, "Gosh, that doesn't make sense." Yeah, because you're seeing with the natural eye. Just go, go with the peace. Go with the leading of the Spirit. In in Mark chapter six, and this is in, a, in another place in the Gospels, but Jesus, the son of Joseph, a carpenter's son, is doing miracles, and he's in his hometown. He's in his hometown. How many of you know in your own home a prophet's without honor? And I'm convinced, by the way, that we have to do it without honor so that when we have honor, we don't freak out about it. But Lord, you can trust me with big right away. He says, no, faithful in the little things, small. I give you small first. You see how you do with that. Then you get elevated. If he gave you big, you'd blow up. I'd blow up. Gosh, I I, I thought I should be, you know, whatever. And if I was, I'd have killed a whole bunch of people years ago, praise God. You know what I'm talking about? I thought I'd been the, been the guy promoted, you know, 20 years ago. Thank God I had godly leaders. <laughs> I, they saved themselves from a lot of pain. Amen. All right, some of you might get that on the way home or maybe you'll experience it in your life. I'm just telling you. They perceived Jesus. They saw miracle signs and wonders that they said, "Man, how could this be? This is isn't this Joseph's son. Didn't we change his shorts? Wasn't he in the nursery?" And aren't these his sisters and his brother huh. how could this be and it says then that and Jesus could do no great miracles there because of their unbelief they perceive Jesus to be the little baby that got his shorts chains the Joseph's son little carpenter boy that how could he do anything and aren't the how could he be doing miracles how could he see transformation how could his life be like it how could he be the son of God How could you really be saved, really be changed? Right, so they're totally without honor. And you know what happened in in his hometown? Because of that, it says that he could do no great miracles there. Nazareth, they couldn't receive him. He goes off to Capernaum, and their perception of him is, ooh, this must be the Messiah. And he does all kinds of stuff and sets up his base of operations. Perception will shut down the power of God or release the power of God, and your perception can cause you to be deceived or received, you have to get it right from God. Somebody say, "Amen." Maybe they heard what they wanted to hear. I really do believe that they, they were. I think they were. They were distracted. I think you you know you want to write that in your notes. They were distracted or preoccupied. They were so focused on getting it done that they didn't really pay much attention. They're all in. You know, it's go time. And I've found in my life, when I'm all in fifth gear with my foot to the floor, that's when I frequently make mistakes. I have a tendency, uh, I've had a tendency in the past to, to just get so going and so moving that, that you, you, know, you end up where the Lord wants to make you left, but you're just dead ahead. You're like a runaway train on a track. It's like, uh, hit the switch, go left. You're like, I love you, Jesus. (laughs) You just blow right into the next thing. Has anybody ever done that? Don't be preoccupied with what the call and the challenge is. Every day, God gives you opportunities to to go deeper in Him, to be promoted in Him, to hear the next plan. You've got to take every day. Hey, this this could be the last evening we ever have church. So now, what's the Lord saying to you? What's he saying? What's he telling you to do? Don't be so preoccupied with moving forward in business or moving forward in, in, in the plan that he has for you that you stop listening or stop inquiring. And I, I, think they, I think they were just, you know, full tilt. You can lose sight of the Lord. You can lose sight of what he's wanting you to do. You know, he gives you A and then B, and you got to do A and B to get C. In fact, you'll find in the scripture that God speaks, he acts, and he speaks again. Theologically, it's said this way, word, event, word. It is how God works. So he will tell you, hey, Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. I've decided to use you. You know, God could have used somebody else. In fact, Moses was gonna get killed because he didn't do it right. I mean, if you know that text. I'm gonna deliver my people, and so I want you to go. And go, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And so eventually, reluctant Moses goes, Aaron's help. And through the ten plagues destroy the ten gods of Egypt. It's a whole other message. And, and God delivers them and brings them back to Mount Horeb to get the next set of instructions. That is how God works. He speaks, he acts, he speaks again. Say it with me. He speaks, he acts, he speaks again. Throughout all of Scripture, find every time God has let it, it used to anybody, that is how it is. And sometimes he speaks to us, and we're so dead set on just get to going that, that, you know, we're looking at the he acts part. So we're in the he acts thing, but he's trying to go, excuse me, excuse me, I've got something else to tell you. And you're like, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Think about it every night and day. My voice is shot. And so you just, you just jump. And he's giving you a parachute and everything. And you're out there and you're like, how does a parachute come out? He's like, that's what I meant to tell you. That prayer time, you missed it. The cord. Yeah, you didn't hear about the cord. <laughs> and he meets you in heaven. You're like, he's like, bro. <laughs> Watch out for being so focused even on doing the will of God that you miss the next instructions. You got to abide. You got to abide in the Lord. John 15 is a a text we probably should preach on. Are you abiding in God? You want to avoid deception. You want to possess the promised land. You want to possess the land. You must remain connected to the one who called you, the one who enables you, the one who gives you wisdom. That happens by prayer and by listening and by abiding, spending time with Him we can get deceived, we can get cut off if we don't. I think another problem they had is pride, and you can fill your notes in right there. Pride. P R I D E. One of the biggest mistakes you can allow for to rob you in your life is victory. Success. You can end up getting to a place where you're just too big for your britches. You ever heard that expression? Now he's just a little bit too big for his britches. He's too big for his britches. He got pride-filled. She got pride-filled. And we've seen people whittled down to zero because God loves them so much, you know, doesn't want them going off and just blowing it all. I think they had gotten a little full of themselves. It's not that we can't make decisions. We've got to understand that there are things that are happening that we don't understand the full story of. There are things happening that are beyond your understanding and your perception. There is more at work in your life than you can see. You just see the natural. It's called temporal things. You just see, We just see what we can see. And praise God for those moments when he gives us supernatural insight. Praise God for those times when we spend time with him that he shows us things. Well, I am I am making an effort to build a chicken coop. I mean, I, I got holes in my hands. I, I got a, I got, I might put a drill bit through my thumb. Not through it, but you know, it wasn't fun. You know what I'm talking about? Nothing major. It just, I mean, you put a hammer and nail in my hands, and it's like it. It's like something for Pastor Karen to clean up. Jesus, help me. You put, in, you put in nails in Jesus' hand. It's salvation for the whole world. But, man, I'm telling you, I'm having a time. And uh, I'm using some recycled lumber. Now, I only got, which is good because it's, you know, i got some new lumber too. Praise God being a good steward I'm using stuff that was ripped off. And pie. Come on, some of you guys got, got piles you never use. All right, praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. I went looking through. I found some stuff out of the piles I got in my, my yard. And, and uh, it had a bunch of nails in it. Now, I only got a certain amount of time to do this particular task. Got a goal that night. And so I'm working. You know, late. When I get home tonight, I'll, I'll, I'll do the next thing that I can get done on it. Winter's coming. Come on. Got to get the chickens up in the coop. Amen. I started to lay eggs painfully, apparently. Anyway. And so... I get all this lumbered, I'm pulling the nails out, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do, and here's what happens. I have, as I'm walking with my hammer and my, my drill and the whole thing, I'm moving to, the, moving to the chicken coop, I have this motion picture of my son coming out of the house in a pair of flip-flops and coming over to the, the construction site, the chicken coop building zone, and stepping on a nail and putting it through his foot. That's the picture I have immediately. I go, whoa, let's, uh, let's pick up the nails, you know. So I look around and I pick up the nails and stuff and uh, and I, I fix the boards that got some nails that are up. How many of you know that's good? Amen? So I fix them. Now there's a set that I, I remember doing it. I remember hammering them and they hammer kind of down about three quarters of the way down, mostly down. okay And I thought I threw the board down I'm like, ah, I should probably give it one more whack, but then I just moved over to the next thing and I go, I'm just come on, let's get this thing done. You know what happened? I'm minding my own business trying to for the love of God, needing great wisdom, trying to put this thing together, you know, trying to put this chicken coop that's not coming out all that good. And so I'm working on it. And all of a sudden I hear, Dad! And I turn around, it's my son. He's wearing, he's wearing flip-flops, and he stepped right into the nail and put it right into his foot. Now the crazy thing about that is that the Lord told me already. But I was so preoccupied. Uh-huh. Some of you look at me like, really? Yeah, that's how it rolls with me. This is, look, this is the life of supernaturally walking with God. He can tell you, He can tell you to take a left because there's an accident coming. You don't want to be a fruitcake about it. But, I mean, you should hear the Lord. You, look, His sheep know and hear His voice. It's nothing strange to hear God talk to you. All right, and it's not because, oh, yes, because you're a pastor. No, that's not because I'm a believer. Believers should hear His voice. You're probably hearing His voice all the time, but you're dismissing it. In fact, that is a word for probably three-quarters of you. God's speaking to you, but you think it's you, and you push it aside. Just, Just start acting on some of those things, as long as it's not, you know. I believe I can fly. You can't fly, all right? You can't. I don't care what God told you. You can't fly. And so I was... Preoccupied with getting my little coop fixed and my son got hurt. Now, he's got personal responsibility in it. And how many of you know, he should have been banging attention? How many times I told him, you wear shoes around the construction site. Hey, Amen. You don't come out in slippers and stuff like that. But anyway. Don't get preoccupied and distracted. And, 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 and don't allow pride to get up in your life so that Your success causes you to lose out with God, and I'm sure that, I believe that's part of it for for, um, Josh and Israel. Look at Roman numeral four. We must be in constant communion with God to avoid deception. You've got to be listening to God to avoid deception. I'll never forget a number of years ago, and I'll not use names, although maybe I should because it really is a harlotin that just in case he ever shows up again, you want to make sure you watch out. And so if it ever person ever shows up, I'll be sure to warn you. How's that? Fair enough? Okay. (laughs) And if some of you know what I'm talking about, will you just keep it to yourself? So many years ago, many? Okay. It's like eight. So is that many years? Maybe, maybe more than 10 would be many. A a number of years ago, eight years ago or so, there was a person that came around who, uh, who was very charismatic. They were in all the different meetings. And uh, knew about ministry, could preach, knew the word, all kinds of stuff like that. I I mean, I just had it going on in many areas. Except something turned in my spirit every time I was with them. But because of the tremendous talent and giftedness and getting an assignment from Dr. Morocco, Dr. Morocco knew the person and said, I want you to get close to him. I want you to try to help him out. See if we can get him on the page. So I spent time with the person. And every time I spent time with them, I just got this turning in my spirit. My wife shook her finger in my face and said, I don't like it. I thought, that's what should have been my first clue. I'll tell you, one of the premier giftings God has given my wife is a gift of discernment, and I thank God for it. Sometimes men can be as stupid as a box of rocks. And I remember one meeting that I had where I literally felt a spirit of deception beginning to come over me regarding the person. And I began to justify different things. It was so bizarre. And I remember as this thing was sort of cooking me alive in my office in a meeting, I remember shooting to my feet. And I I said something very sharp. And I said, man, did you... No. All right? That's it. Over. And, and I ended it and I moved on. And then a sister in the church had a dream uh, just right about the same time and shared that dream with me. Can I tell you something? Because, because there's people around us, I'm not even talking about myself. I'm just saying I'm connected with some people that are connected to God. I mean, I have my own connection. But because I'm connected with people that are connected, I believe the Lord spared us from some heartache. Oh yeah, that's just one story. Now let me just tell some of you are foolish because you're connected with people and you're not talking about your relationship with with God, with them, and their role in it. And you're giving them far too much influence. Maybe you're allowing them to be partnered with you in things or unequally yoked. And I'm going to tell you, you can experience some serious pain by not talking to God about stuff. You talk to God about everything. Got to be in constant communication with God to avoid deception. So the obvious word is that deception is minimized when we seek the Lord. Deception is minimized when you seek God. Let's talk about that. We've got to have a clear focus on God. Let me give you some scripture and move to to, uh, completing this sermon. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Can I get an amen in the house of God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you're finite. Your mind is finite. Do you know what that means? It's limited. He is infinite. Finite, infinite. Finite, infinite. You don't understand? Merry Christmas. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have understanding. Understanding is a booby prize. Oh, I get it. Well, that's probably not how it is, actually. Come on, God is is infinite. He knows exactly what he's doing. So you've got to abide. You've got to trust. You've got to keep your focus on God. Our brains are different, you know, and small. Men and women have different brains. You know, when I drive, she screams, when she drives, I scream, praise the Lord. (laughs) Well, we're not really screaming. We've gotten so much better now. Yes, you're a good driver, dear, amen. Look, we're different. Come on, somebody say, "Praise praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, we're different. But god's different than you he's different than than your spouse praise the lord got to trust in the lord everybody say trust in the lord Lord. bring decisions to god pray wait on him and don't wait for a year oh gosh i gotta kick that in the teeth if you don't mind sometimes when the lord wants us to do something or or a leader will come or somebody and ask you to be involved in a ministry or be a part of something People use prayer for an excuse for inaction. say, well, I I need to pray about that. And so they pray and never respond. And so really they, they use prayer as an excuse for it, some spiritual excuse to actually never do anything for the Lord. Now, not here. Amen. That never happens here. But we do need to pray. We do need to pray. And we do need to really hear from the Lord. Don't just, I used to be a yes man long ago. In other words, I'll just, well, you ask me to do it, I'm going to do it. And, you know, that's, that could be great to work with people that are just willing to do anything all the time. But I found myself doing things that actually the Lord didn't want me to do. You got to keep a focus on God. You got to trust him. You got to bring your decisions to God. Don't be afraid to make a decision. Some people are like, well, I don't know. What if I make the wrong decision? Chill out. You got to make decisions too. Amen. Even James 4 speaks, you know, uh, that the Lord will help you in decision. If it's your, you pray and ask him for his will and he leads you, he guides you. We must commit to a lifestyle of prayer. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. Pray continually. I find that uh, women are usually good at this. And I, and I I had to learn, but when, it just seems that I you know I might be wrong. But my my wife is the most incredible praying with, without ceasing, type person. I mean, she's got all of her jobs. She's got all the things that she does here at the church, Pastor Karen. She's she's got all of the home to keep track of, all the homeschooling, all the stuff. And if you look at her at a at a moment when there seems to be a pause, she's just all oh. she's just praying in tongues all day. No wonder you're so beautiful and smart and wise and (laughs) Christ-like. Come on, everybody say, pray without ceasing. ceasing. And I meant everything I just said. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't just bring requests to God. That can be depressing. (laughs) Thank Him. Come on. You could be in a wheelchair tonight. You're in your right mind. Most of you. Amen. Come on. He's blessed you. Come on. Somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Don't try to sing that. We got rhythm problems and challenges here Just be thankful. Learn to be thankful. An attitude of gratitude. Somebody told me years ago when I was in a discipleship program, and if you could retrieve our worship team, unless you won't play for me, brother, praise the Lord. All right. Come on. (laughs) He said he's going to pray about it. All right. All right. Hallelujah. We're good. what was I saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody once told, told me uh, that you need to have the attitudes of Jesus. He was a humble, reverent, grateful servant. Humble, reverent, grateful servant. Good way to remember it. That's the way we need to be. Humble, reverent, grateful servant. Don't lose the gratitude. Come on, think about what he's done for you. Amen it's all part of prayer and part of seeking him and don't be anxious for anything but in everything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god ephesians 6 18 and pray in the spirit everybody say it and pray in the spirit one more time and pray in the spirit on all occasions all kinds of prayers requests with this in mind be alert always to keep on praying for all the saints keep an appointment with the lord every day and I've found that if I don't have time set aside where I'm going to spend time in the word and 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 prayer and then you know the day gets away or I'll have I'll have my iPhone just be clicking off I listen for me to study and put the message together phone goes down what happens if it's an emergency it'll still be there in about an hour and I'll check and stuff happens but Some of you got so ADD on your phone, but you don't even spend any time with God. And the time you do spend with God is constantly interrupted by the, by the ding. I'll tell you, turn your notifications off. I don't want to make a doctrine or anything, but I mean, I've had people say, but I can't concentrate on God. Ding. I'm like, really? Ding, ding. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, they got so many notifications on their phone. I mean, they got Instagram, they got their email, they got Facebook, they got Twitter, they got all kinds of stuff. And this thing is dinging and popping and going off at every spirit. Oh, never mind text. I'm having a problem focusing, Pastor. You don't say. I wonder what that I, I just made policy in the church. I just, just just, made this policy, not that they had the big problem or anything like that. My staff, yeah, my, my staff, it's a church. All of you are not allowed to have. <laughs> all of you must turn off all of your notifications. No, I, I'm just teasing. However, my staff, they work for me. They turned it off, amen. I got a, I commanded them. Ain't no notifications. You're in church, you're working. You're, doing the, you know, you're turning off all of your notifications. Ain't nobody on Facebook, ain't doing any of that. You're on the clock, you're working for God, you got a job to do, you're not gonna get distracted. And we didn't really have a, a big problem or anything, thank God, but I just thought I'd nip it in the bud while it was just just in case. Somebody almost hit me. I actually know the person. I know the person. They're driving down this street and they almost hit me in their truck because they were staring at their phone, texting. So I went ahead and confronted, and they said I wasn't texting. I said, well, then you're notificationing or something. It must have been somebody else. I said, well, maybe, but I know I wasn't. Look, make an appointment with God and keep it. I said, when? You know, early morning, but I got one late at night too. And in fact, when I go, to my, I go to sleep, I give him my whole, my, all, of my, all of my rest. What do you mean by that? I go to sleep. Sometimes I'm so dense or having a hard time hearing. So he knows how to give me a dream and tell me exactly what's what. Same with my wife. When we go to sleep, I go to sleep, it's like, oh, Jesus. Just give me godly dreams and visions. Lord, talk to me. I've woken up angels in my room. I've had things happen. I'm going to tell you, you go to sleep. You dedicate your sleep to the Lord and you ask him to speak to you. And He will do that, and He will give you dreams. And you, oh, how many of you want to dream more in God? Here's a key. How many of you want to have dreams from God? Okay, one, pray before you go to sleep. Get in the presence of the Lord. How many of you know what I mean? Practice His presence. Let the presence come. Get a journal and a pen and put it right next to your bedside or under your pillow or do whatever you got to do. Put it nearby so that when you have a dream and you wake up, you can write it down. And if God can trust you with it, He'll give it to you. And this is for somebody else. The measure the the measure of anointing in the dream and when I wake up from the dream is one of the ways I judge how important the dream is. The level of presence and power in the dream and when I wake up. And and I have a, I have a hard time remembering things sometimes. Dreams that the Lord gives me, no problem remembering those for me. You know, but you got to find out how it works for you. Making a point with God, oh, I gotta, I gotta end. Don't forget about the the enemy. He's got a plan. But when you when you meet with God, then you undermine his plan. Prayer positions us to be open to the Holy Spirit's prompting. How are you supposed to hear from God if you don't ever spend time avoiding deception? Warning, don't be deceived. How do you not be deceived? Don't cut your communication line with God. Pray about everything. If you don't have peace, don't do it. I don't care if it's the most simplest thing. I mean, you could be eating egg salad sandwiches every day for lunch and you wake up one morning and the Lord says, no more egg salad sandwiches. Well, you should listen. We're gonna possess the land. We're we're not gonna end up deceived, why? Because our perceptions about the Lord and about situations are gonna be on point. We're not gonna look with our natural eye. Can you say amen? We're not gonna be led because something looks good or sounds good or it's a well-watered valley like Lot. We're gonna have proper perception. Amen. We're not gonna look with the outward at the outward appearance, we're gonna look at the heart. Amen. The Lord looks at the heart. We're gonna pray and have God show us. We're not going to be preoccupied or distracted because we're going like a runaway freight train towards the goal. And then God speaks to us, but you don't follow all the way through, and before you know it, your kid's got a nail on his foot. The third thing, who's got it? Anybody? We do okay on the notes. Did they help you? Pride. Watch out for pride. Amen. Lord, has no problem keeping us humble. It's a good place to be. All of us struggle with pride. All of us struggle with pride. Whether it be vanity, looking in the mirror, different things that you struggle with, we all struggle with pride. So have people around you to slap you down when you're getting weird. Amen. Make sure somebody has your shut-up card. Right? In other words, when you think you're all that in a bag of chips and you're on your way to go do the big victory, but you're totally derailed and you don't even know it, somebody's got enough authority in your life, knows you really well, can say, you know what, dude? Shut up. You're messed up. You're going to miss it. You're you're off. You've gotten over into pride. We need to have people like that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't let the communication line be cut. Don't be cut off from your walk with God. He knows what he's doing. Don't get cut off. Everybody say, I'm not going to get cut off. Come on, say, I'm going to stay connected. Come on, stand up and say it again. I'm going to stay connected. Say it. Now, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I feel like the Lord wants you to do. You, if you have not a set time of prayer, you commit to make one right now. Right now. And you just say, for the next 90 days, or if that's too much, make it 60. If you can't handle that, make it 30, right? Right? I remember these. I remember my pastor standing up and preaching messages like this and be like, you hey, commit yourself to prayer. It'd be like, if it's only 10 minutes, I'm like, that's me 10 minutes. I could do 10. It doesn't matter. Just increase from where you're at and ask God to, to make it there's joy in prayer. If it's not a joyful, then like you know you need some correction in your walk and theology with God and we'll be able to help you. Amen. Won't you right now talk to Jesus? Come on, talk to him, commit your life in prayer Mm -hmm. gonna stay connected to you Jesus gonna stay in the vine oh you're my source oh you're my source Trust you. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. So, Lord, we commit to bring everything to you in prayer. To cast all our burdens and cast all our cares. To trust you. Though it might look good even with the natural eye, Lord, we'll be led by you. Lord, we don't want to be people of indecision we are people of decision we're going to make decisions but we're going to make them saturated and soaked in prayer abiding in you led by you and lord i'm thankful that even when i've made mistakes even when we've made mistakes you work all things out after the good for those that love you are called according to your purpose lord thank you so we commit to prayer we commit to connecting with you Every obstacle, Lord, we pray, remove. Every, anything on the inside of us, Lord, that would try to derail us or keep us from intimacy. I pray that you would heal us, that you would deliver us, and we would be a people that possesses a land, a people that is never washed to and fro by the winds of doctrine, a people that doesn't walk in deception but walks in divine favor and divine healing and divine blessing in the kingdom of God. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, put your hands together for God. Every head bowed now, every eye closed. If you are not right with God, won't you give your heart to Him for the first time or make a recommitment to Him if you've drifted in your walk. If you've drifted and you know it, you're not right. Won't you come back home tonight? Is there anybody here that needs to come home? You you need to recommit your life to the Lord. You know you, you just been living like you need to he's not as you're not as on fire as you used to be anybody here maybe you want to give your heart to jesus for the first time or maybe the enemy just lies to you says you're not saved you're not forgiven once you give your heart to jesus for the first time or make a a recommitment sell out come home or if you just want a surety just pray with me right out loud say dear jesus Thank you for dying in my place. And thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. I commit to stay connected to you. To abide in you. Jesus name Amen won't you lift your hands to God as a sign of surrender we pray for you and bless you and we'll close the service Father I pray now Lord your power to come upon each and every one of these Lord touch Holy Spirit touch Holy Spirit touch bless faith strength, courage, wisdom discernment discernment God Lord, bless and touch your people right now. Lord, touch these. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, pray in the Spirit if you have that freedom. Holy Ghost. Come on, just pray in the Spirit. I didn't preach long. We're almost done. give you wisdom and decisions it's going to help you it's going to speak to you Lord touch those online right now wisdom, discernment the gifts of the spirit to operate we commit to stay connected to you Jesus, thank you thank you thank you for what you're doing in these lives Your plan and none other. Lord, thank you. Wisdom, even on the job, wisdom. Speak to us, Lord. You know how to speak to us, circumstances. You can use creation, you can use dreams. Come on, just a moment longer. Yes, we commit to abide, to remain. Yes, God, we agree. You lead us and you guide us in the way of everlasting. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. The Lord is going to do some marvelous things for you. There's a wind that's, Shifting for you. I'm just going to keep prophesying so I don't upset your, your baby. The wind is shifting, and the Lord says that there's an east wind that's blowing, an east wind of provision, and I'm going to cause it to blow upon your life, and it's going to come in, even as He brought quail in a day's journey, knee high, a day's journey. It's going to be supernatural. It's going to be a suddenly of God. There are suddenly throughout Scripture. And the Lord says, even over you, I am doing a suddenly for you. I'm going to do it suddenly. And you'll just be like, whoa. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to bless you. He's going to help you. He's heard your cry. Amen. Lord, touch. Touch. Lord, touch these. Hallelujah. Bless. Bless. Hearts, desire, and ministry. Hearts desire ministry. Increase in vision. Increase in the voice of the Lord. Increase. Bless it. Bless. Bless. Hallelujah. Father, we thank and praise you for what you've done tonight what you will do tomorrow as we stay connected, Lord we will not let the supply lines get cut Lord, we make a commitment, Lord an appointment to meet with you every day to pray without ceasing to bring all of our prayers to you for you are an ever-present help in time of trouble releasing grace right when we need it Now bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. We'll hope to see you. Friday night prayer. Don't miss it. Glory to God. Six to eight. Bless you.